Whether you invest directly or indirectly, there's still real risk to investing in commercial real estate. Things do not always go right. All pro formas are wrong. Real estate companies can surprise you and disappoint you. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Welcome to another special episode of the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show, where we are sharing the top sessions from the Best Ever Conference 2021 And this year, the Best Ever Conference is back in person, February 24th through 26th. Come join us, Denver, Colorado. You'll hear all the new keynote speakers. You'll meet some new business partners. You'll learn some insights from the presentations and from the people you meet that you can apply to your business today. And here is an example of a session from last year that is still relevant today and will be beneficial for you. Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off. I'm Jillian Hellman, and I'm the founder and CEO of Realty Mogul. And Realty Mogul is an online marketplace to invest in commercial real estate transactions, sometimes known as crowdfunding for real estate. So we connect investors to real estate investments around the country since inception, Realty Mobile investors have invested in over $2.8 billion of real estate through the Realty Mobile platform. So I thought it would be fun today to talk through lessons learned with $2.8 billion of real estate during COVID. I can assure you it was more fun to have a $2.8 billion platform pre-COVID, but we learned a lot during COVID. And I, I thought that it would be helpful to share that and share some of those lessons learned. So I've got seven lessons to share today. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into where we think the market's headed, the types of deals that we don't want to do, the types of deals that we do want to do. So lesson number one is you play defense before an economic crisis, not during it. And what do I mean when I talk about playing defense? So first of all, underwrite well and don't do deals that don't meet your underwriting criteria. Don't stretch to do a deal. I sometimes see real estate operators changing assumptions, trying to make deals work, convincing themselves that this deal will be different than the last one. It'll have better tenants or better collections. And that's just bad news. That's incredibly important to play defense before an economic crisis. The second thing that we learn is that you have to have a strong property management team in place. During a time like COVID, we saw strong management separate the property's performance compared to comparable properties. Our best property managers were proactive. They were working with tenants on payment plans. They were helping our tenants to complete rent assistance applications. And they were incentivizing tenants to pay rent online. These all had really positive effects on maximizing collections and occupancy right in the heart of COVID. There's no such thing as set it and forget it with management companies. You have to actively manage them. And that was even more true during COVID when so much was changing so quickly. The other one around playing defense is having open conversations with your lenders. It was absolutely critical to our success in managing through COVID. COVID has caused lenders to take an increasingly proactive approach in managing properties and having open discussions with your lenders as to how COVID's affecting the property and the steps that you're taking to mitigate those effects is incredibly beneficial for your lender. But you have to have those relationships pre a crisis like COVID. At the end of the day, lenders are made up of people. And that means that you have relationships with those individual people. And those are absolutely critical. Now, why is it critical? 
you know, there were times during COVID where we needed the lender to do a draw request for construction expenses that we'd already spent pre-COVID. Or maybe there was an extension on a loan that needed to happen or payout of additional proceeds for good news money. If you don't have strong relationships with your lenders in time of crisis, it's really challenging to get them to do what you want them to do. Lesson number two is the pro forma is always wrong. I shared this on stage at Best Ever Conference last year, and I'm repeating it this year because I just think that it is such an important lesson in times of crisis and not even in times of crisis. But knowing that the pro forma is always wrong, what are some ways to combat that? First and foremost, it comes down to underwriting. Underwrite a minimum 10% budget contingency. Scale back the number of units that you're planning to renovate and release per month. Slow it down. Use a cap rate at exit that is at least 1% greater than your cap rate at purchase and increase vacancy and bad debt to stress test your pro forma. If your stress test financials are still acceptable to you from a risk return perspective, that's probably a deal that you want to do. But it's impossible to predict in good economic times and particularly in bad economic times like COVID. Lesson number three, take a breath. Be deliberate. In times of crisis, things can feel really, really crazy. And many people forget to plan and forget to prioritize. When COVID hit, we took a breath as a company. And we came up with a plan. We reassigned folks that were working on the originations team onto the asset management team. We drafted communications around that plan. And we came up with two priorities, limiting the priorities and measuring them because what you measure gets done. So the number one priority was the health and safety of our tenants and our team. The number two priority was keeping occupancy up and shoring up cash reserves. That meant immediately halting renovations, halting rent increases so that we could keep people in their units, and cutting all non-essential expenses and repairs. When you're looking at an economic cliff, cash is king, and we took deliberate actions across our assets to ensure that we shored up cash. That's it. Two priorities and a plan. Lesson number four, don't be afraid to innovate. Going back to our priorities, the first was the health and safety of our tenants and team, And in the very early days of COVID, when it was still unclear how dangerous it was, it was still unclear exactly how it was spread, we didn't want the property management teams interacting with the tenants. This led us to use software to do virtual leasing and self-guided tours. It's still shocking to me how many units were leased via self-guided tours. At some properties, we measure the data, the conversion rates were higher through a self-guided tour than they were when a property management professional joined the prospective tenant in the unit. It was pretty remarkable and amazing, and it's something that we're going to continue to use post-COVID, and I think is a real lesson of not being afraid to innovate. Lesson number five, do experiments and test the market. Lesson number five was a big one for us in the face of the pandemic. We decided to start testing the market and the appetite for renovations back in June 2020, just a few months after the pandemic started, and sure enough, we were able to keep hitting renovation premiums in many of our assets. So step number one was making sure that we shored up cash and shored up capital. So we stopped all the renovations and then we got back in the market and started testing. And it turns out as more and more people were stuck in their apartments, a nicer apartment was even more important than before. We approached the first renovation post COVID at every property as an experiment. And when the experiment worked, we doubled down. We had one property in the height of the summer, which was the height of COVID in Texas, where we leased over 40 renovated units over the summer using virtual leasing and testing the market. So it worked very, very well. 
Lesson number six, be a stellar communicator. This is particularly for all those sponsors and all those operators who are in the audience today. But providing detailed updates to investors is critical in good times and in bad times. Investors are reading the news and wondering how the pandemic has affected their investments. Providing detailed, transparent, and regular updates eases uncertainty and increases confidence. We increased the frequency of our updates to monthly from quarterly, and we were available and receptive to questions, calls, comments, and ideas from investors. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. And lesson number seven, which is my last lesson here, is take a position. There's a lot of fear in the midst of an economic crisis and in the midst of not even an economic crisis, but a global medical pandemic. And it's really important that you can overcome that fear. And the only way that you can take a position is by overcoming that fear. So I want to share an excerpt from our June 2020 investor communication. Choosing to invest in today's market means two things. One, you must assume the world is not ending. And two, You believe the country will recover in the future. I'm reminded of Warren Buffett's quote from his recent Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting in which he said, one of the scariest of scenarios when you had a war with one group of states fighting another group of states, and it may have been tested again in the Great Depression, and it may be tested now to some degree, but in the end, the answer is never bet against America. And that, in my view, is as true today as it was in 1789, and even was true during the Civil War and the depths of the Depression. We do not believe we are in for a depression, namely because of recent massive government intervention. The U.S. has never seen the extent of monetary and fiscal stimulus that we are seeing today. As a reminder, this was June 2020, 90 days after COVID hit in full swing. We decided in June 2020 that we wanted to play offense, and we assumed the world was not ending, and we believed that the country would recover, And data told us that supply and demand fundamentals, particularly in apartments, made it such that investing still made sense. In the 08 and 09 crisis, we had an oversupply of housing. Today, we have an undersupply of housing. That, coupled with low interest rates, made us get back in the market. 
we decided to get back to finding real estate investments that met our due diligence criteria, and we based it off of a deliberate assessment. So I'm going to share that assessment with you completely transparently. Here are the things that make us afraid in today's market and made us afraid in the height of COVID, in June, in March, in April. Unsurprisingly, most of these were on our list well before COVID. I gave a presentation at Best Ever Conference last year, and you can go back and you can look at my list from last year, and there's not that many that are that different on what makes us afraid. There's one in particular on what we're excited about, and I'll talk through that one in a minute. But let's talk through first what makes us afraid. There are a ton of landlords who got sucked into the WeWork craze or the Silicon Valley craze, and that's doing master leases to tenants with no credit quality like WeWork, and that's something that we've avoided since inception and we will continue to avoid. The next one is office with significant rollover. We're not afraid of office today, and we can talk more about that and why we're not afraid of all office, but we've been afraid of office with significant rollover for years. What tenants are going to come in and replace those tenants? We've questioned that for a long, long period of time. The other thing that we're afraid of is retail, unless it's at Maine and Maine. We're not afraid of retail the way a lot of investors are, but the reality is that retail is significantly overbuilt. We just have way too much of it around the country, and we have a lot of big box retail like the old Kmarts, the old Sears boxes that are not functionally working. They're functionally obsolete, but we do like retail at Maine and Maine, and given that it's out of favor, cap rates are higher, and given where interest rates are, retail can be a great place to find strong cash on cash returns, but you have to be very, very careful on where it's located. The next one is hospitality. We hate hospitality. Hated it before the pandemic, certainly hate it during the pandemic, and I expect that I'll hate it after the pandemic. Clearly, there are deals to be done today, given just how much distress there is in hospitality. So if you're willing to stomach that risk, if you're an operator in hospitality, there are certainly some amazing operators, but I still believe it is the worst risk-adjusted return in any real estate asset class that you could think of. You have nightly tenants in hospitality. It's an operating business, and I don't think that you're paid for the risk of that operating business generally. So thankfully, we had almost no exposure to hospitality when COVID hit, and it'll go down as the worst performing asset class during COVID. And even though there's a ton of opportunity in it today, I still don't like it. We're also worried about the impact of insurance costs rising in markets like Florida and Texas, predominantly due to climate change. You know, you look at Texas right now. I just got a note this morning that we had a pipe burst due to the cold freeze that's happening in the Texas market. And you can underwrite for this. But when I see standard 3% increases in insurance expenses year over year, this is a red flag for me. Insurance costs are going to go up until there is government intervention. And I think that if we can't get a control on climate change, we will see government intervention. But for now, we want to make sure that insurance costs are being modeled appropriately. The other red flag is modeling a refinance with Fannie or Freddie that is less than four and a half or 5% interest two to three years out. I wish I had a genie bottle to know where interest rates are going to be, but I don't. And in the absence of concrete data, we don't think it's prudent to guess where interest rates are going. I don't like business plans where it's a value-add business plan, it's being acquired with bridge debt, and then there's an assumption in three years that you can replace that with Fannie or Freddie debt at 3%. That's just not going to fly. Even if we get lucky, and that's where interest rates are three, four, five years out from now, not something I'm comfortable seeing in underwriting. And the other thing that makes me really afraid is sitting in cash when inflation starts to rise. That is the single best way to lose purchasing power. So personally, I'm trying to get capital out. I don't want to be sitting in cash. Of course, I always have cash for a rainy day, 
But that's something that makes me afraid. It makes me afraid for a lot of Americans and a lot of investors who are going to see their purchasing power decline when we start to see more inflation. And the Fed has said that they want to start to encourage inflation. They're actively trying to encourage inflation. All right, switching gears to be a little bit more positive here. Where do we think that there may be opportunity? Well-occupied apartments with reasonable bad debt, finance with long-term fixed rate debt. This has really been the bread and butter of how investors have used the realty mogul marketplace to invest pre-COVID and post-COVID. I'm a huge believer in apartments. I think that they're some of the best risk-adjusted returns in real estate, even though the pricing has been bid up, even though cap rates have come down. I think that it is one of the safer areas to invest in commercial real estate. But you have to look at the bad debt. So we sometimes will see operators bring transactions that they want to use the realty mogul platform for. And it has terrible bad debt during COVID. And there's an expectation that with better property management, it's going to get better. With the rent relief bill, we're going to get that money back. I don't like that story. I'm not afraid of bad debt today. Two to 4% bad debt is kind of where our portfolio is running. The economics of that portfolio still work, even with that kind of bad debt. Hopefully you can get a little bit of a discount off the pricing because of that. But I am very cautious of bad debt today and where that property is performed during COVID. And we're big, big believers in long-term fixed rate debt. Debt is incredibly cheap today compared to where it's been historically. We don't know where it's going to go, but if we can lock in that interest rate and we know what the underwriting is on a long-term fixed rate debt, that gives me a lot of comfort. So this next bullet was on my where we're afraid last year at the Best Ever Conference, and now it's on my where there may be opportunity. So that is new construction in growth markets with a late 2022-2023 delivery even better if the costs are fully negotiated and locked in. So we believe that construction costs are going to rise. And we believe that transactions that are just about to go vertical that already have their costs locked in are going to have a significant advantage to new construction in 2024, 2025, 2026. So we are investing in new construction. We're investing specifically in growth markets that we believe in. But we're also investing in some markets that we believe we're going to recover in 2022, 2023, 2024 that are hard hit today, where we wouldn't want to buy existing apartments there today, but we're interested in doing construction projects that are going to deliver in 2023 when we expect the market to recover. And I'll walk you through a couple of examples of those. We also like growth markets, Austin, Dallas, Denver, Raleigh, Charlotte, Columbus, Phoenix, Jacksonville, Salt Lake City, Nashville, Growth markets, people are moving, positive demographics, jobs are moving, markets that we want to invest in. I mentioned on the last slide that we're not afraid of office. So we like office with long-term credit tenants and a functional need to be in office. As an example, we have the DEA as a tenant in one of our properties. It's hard to imagine that the DEA is going to work from home. So that's a tenant that we like. Uh, Triple net with great tenants. I'll walk you through two examples of that. Retail at Maine and Maine, ideally trading at a discount. And not yet, but NYC, LA, and Miami in 2022 and 2023. These are some of the hardest hit markets during COVID. They're some of the greatest rent declines during COVID. And yet we believe that people are still going to live in cities. People are creatures of 
habit. People are social creatures. They're going to want to be back in cities at some point in time. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year, whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals? I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract. And she partnered with two other dealmaker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to dealmaker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or or you can follow up with your investors, and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow-up boss offers experts seven days a week you can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. So with that, I thought it might be fun to quickly go through the deals that were invested in via the RealtyMogul platform since COVID hit to give you a sense of the type of deals that we felt comfortable offering up to our members in the heart of a pandemic. To be clear, none of these are available for investment. There's no sale of securities. You can't invest in any of them. But I wanted to give you a sense for the types of deals that sort of the crystal ball that Ben was talking about. These aren't even crystal balls. These are deals that we did in the heart of COVID. So the first transaction is a deal called Envy Energy. Now, people may think that we were totally crazy, but in the middle of COVID, June 2020, we did an office deal in Las Vegas, Nevada. What could sound stupider? Las Vegas, Nevada, heavy, heavy, heavy hospitality market, very challenging, obviously, for job creation and for the economy when travel was getting shut down, when people were not choosing to travel. 
And we did an office deal in the heart of Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, how do we get comfortable with that? And why do we make that decision? This is an office building that is leased to Envy Energy, which is owned by Berkshire Hathaway. It provides energy in the state of Nevada and, and elsewhere. There's nine years remaining on the lease. We got fixed rate debt at 4% and there's double digit cash flow. So at the end of that nine years, investors will have 100% of their principal out and will still own the property. Pretty good risk adjusted return from our perspective. We did another triple net deal in the heart of COVID, closed in Q2 2020. This was a triple net medical office deal leased to Covenant Health, 10 years remaining on the term, fixed rate debt at 4.15%, double digit cash on cash returns, and strategically located right by the hospital. They cannot afford for a competitor to come in and lease that space from us. So strategically located, long-term, and leased to medical. And as we all know, medical has been doing okay during COVID. Next one, two-pack portfolio of apartment buildings in Dallas, Texas. I think that this deal and the next deal are probably the main COVID discount deals that we got, to be completely honest. A lot of uncertainty around apartments in that Q2 timeframe, these closed in Q3, but a lot of uncertainty around apartments. That is not the case today. Apartments are well bid up. It's incredibly competitive multiple offers, hard money at signing of PSA. But I think that this deal and the next one were exceptions. So Parks at Walnut, 308 units in Dallas. That's a growth market. There's been huge, huge job creations and new companies that have announced that they're moving into Dallas pre-COVID and even post-COVID. And fixed rate debt at 3.06%. I think this is one of the cheapest loans in our entire portfolio across 15,000 units that have been transacted on the Realty Mogul platform. This is a value-add strategy, so testing the market with value-add, going in, making sure that the market can bear it even during COVID, and then renovating those units. Very similar is this transaction, 9944, that was also closed during COVID. Very similar story, right next door to Parks at Walnut, fixed rate debt at 3.18%. Again, very, very cheap. The ability to generate meaningful cash-on-cash returns because of how cheap that debt is. Next transaction, Casa Anita, 224 units, closed in Q4. This is in Phoenix. So we like Phoenix. Phoenix is a growth market, testing renovations. Renovations are turning and excited to be in Phoenix. We hadn't done a lot of transactions in Phoenix. We couldn't find the right transaction, but we found it in Casa Anita and we like Phoenix a lot. And we think Phoenix will continue to be a growth market. I think Phoenix was one of the best performing markets during COVID from a rent growth perspective. Next one, Gravity Phase 2. This is a deal a year ago we wouldn't have done, and this year we're excited about. So it's a ground-up development transaction in Columbus, Ohio. It's planned to be stabilized in 2024. So we expect the economy to be in a very different place in 2024. 382 units and mixed use. So we're very excited about this. We're excited about Columbus, which is another growth market, and a transaction, again, that we would not have done a year ago that we are open to doing today and that we're excited about doing today. Next one is another deal just outside of DFW in Plano, Texas, built in 2000, 73 units, stabilized asset, hold it for cash flow. Next one is very similar, Turtle Creek, Fenton, Missouri, 128 units, 2018 build, completely stabilized, 12-year fixed rate debt at 3.10%. The business plan here is to set it and forget it, generate cash flow, hold the asset, do a little bit of renovation with tech packages, so putting in USB ports, but not a lot of work here. Really hold it, set it and forget it, and take advantage of that long-term fixed rate debt that is incredibly cheap. 
Next one, Toluca Lake Apartments. Ground up development deal in Los Angeles, California. Delivery in early 2023. This is also a deal that we would not have done last year or the year before. Had we done it last year or the year before, we probably would have delivered right in the heart of COVID. That was very concerning to us 12, 18 months ago. Today, with the delivery of late 2022, early 2023, we think that the economy will recover and we think that there will be a good opportunity to get back into primary markets, LA, New York, Miami for 2023. And that leads me to just reiterating lesson number seven, which is take a position. I shared at Best Ever Conference last year that the first ever deal that I did was a duplex in Compton in 2013. I started Realty Mogul eight years ago, and had I never taken a position on a duplex in Compton, and I had a crowbar in the back seat, I never would be where I am today. I wouldn't have built the real estate portfolio that I have personally And I wouldn't have helped a lot of investors all over the country use the Realty Mogul platform to build their own real estate portfolios. So it's so incredibly important to take a position and overcome your fear. One of the things that I learned in COVID was that it was incredibly mental to say, we're going to get back in the market. We're going to take a position. We're going to take risk. We're going to find transactions that we think are the best risk-adjusted return transactions in the market today, but we're not going to sit on the sidelines. And in any real estate cycle, including COVID, including the 2008-2009 recession, there's always opportunity. Whether it's distressed debt, whether it's buying apartments, whether it's buying distressed hospitality, if you have the stomach for that, there's always opportunity, but you have to take a position. You have to know that the pro forma is going to be wrong, so you want to stress test it, and you want to play defense before an economic crisis, not during it. I'll leave you with the lessons learned with $2.8 billion of real estate during COVID. I hope this was incredibly insightful and helpful as folks look to manage their own real estate portfolios or get into real estate deals today. There will be another economic cycle. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know when it will be, but there's an opportunity to prepare today, even for the next economic cycle. And I'll leave you with one disclaimer because I should, whether you invest directly or indirectly, there's still real risk to investing in commercial real estate. Things do not always go right. All pro formas are wrong. Real estate companies can surprise you and disappoint you. The Realty Mogul platform gives investors the opportunity to discover investments that used to be out of reach for most, and you can use it to create your own diversified real estate portfolio. I won't always be right. We won't always be right. But discerning investors deserve a discerning investment platform. So we built one at Realty Mogul. And I'm so pleased to share some of our investment theses with you and share some of the transactions that we did in the heart of COVID that I think are representative of the types of transactions that we're going to continue to look to do as COVID continues and as the economy starts to recover. Well, I hope you gained some useful insights and actionable advice from this previous Best Ever Conference session. And remember, if you're looking to scale your investing in 2022, we look forward to seeing you in Denver. Get 15% off right now with code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That is code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com.